Jude goes out on her first mission from the Court of Shadows, and it's right into the Lion's Den, the home of Prince Cardin. Stick around and find out what happens. I'm Captain O.G. Readmore, a reading kind of cat. Read a book like me, you'll soon agree that reading is where it's at. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Book Militia Booktube channel where we are reading The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Now last chapter was chapter 11 and Jude had a hard time. She had been force-fed fairy fruit and lost her senses. Cardin and his gang had humiliated her beyond belief before she was rescued by Locke. Now Locke had asked to see Jude again, kind of on a date maybe, and Jude had got her first mission from Prince Dane. So let's get started with chapter 12. So we find Jude had went to sleep early the night before. Remember she had, there was an argument that had been had between her and her father about who had done that to her. Speaking of fed her fairy fruit, and she had refused to tell him. I guess dinner had been ruined, so she had went to her room, and Tatterfell had brought her dinner up to her. Now, I guess shortly after that, she had fell asleep and had slept through the day, and it says that when she woke up, it was full dark again. Her head had ached, probably because of too much sleep, and it said her body had also ached. Uh, I'm not sure if that was from sleeping wrong or tensing or from the uh, terrible things that happened to her the day before. Uh, her lectures had already began, and she decided that she wasn't going today. So Tatterfell had brought coffee to her, and it was in her room also uh, there was toast there, but it had probably been sitting there for a while, she said, because the coffee was lukewarm and the toast was hard. So it's after she finished eating breakfast, she washed up, and it said that there was still this fairy fruit. Her face was sticky uh, from you know them forcing the fruit in her face yesterday. I guess she had just fell asleep after dinner and not taken a shower or anything. So she took a shower or a bath as they do, whatever the means of bathing, she, she bathed. And then after that, she started packing her bag. So she had this mission that she had to do today. It says that she had put on this servant's dress. And I guess this was to camouflage herself or to help hide herself. Uh, she tried to put the things out of her mind that had happened uh, the day before. And if she didn't have this mission, she probably would have been thinking of them more. But she thought, go to Hollow Hall, find a secret the king won't like, find treason. Now, she had wondered why she had been given this mission, and she, she thought 
Probably Dane wanted to find out something damning on his brother Balkin to ensure that he was the one that was chosen to be the next high king. Now, we remember it says King Eldred could choose anyone he desired to to be the next king. There was no uh, kind of age thing that went on. You know, eldest son gets it next. If not, the son. there was none of that in this world. Uh, the king would choose who he deemed he thought would be make a good king. So it says there were the three eldest kids that was probably going to be the main choices. Uh, there was Belkin, there was Dane, and then there was the daughter Elowen. Okay, Elowen, remember, she was the one that Judah hoped would choose her as a champion. So it had been rumored that Dane would be his first choice. Uh, this had been going around that everybody thought that the king would choose Dane to be the next high king. So it says that uh, Jude would get some power finally when he became high king, something that she had craved, especially after yesterday's events. So she put on this servant's dress, no mortal underwear this time, you know, to play this role, and if she was caught, you know, not to have these other kinds of things on. So she wanted to look as authentic as possible. She dug in her closet because she wanted to find some shoes that, you know, she lived in Maddox's house, and Maddox was of high status in the fairyland. So I'm, I'm assuming her clothes were pretty elegant, you know, as far as... Uh, people's clothes go in that land. So she was looking for some shoes that would depict her as a servant girl. And she finally chose some old leather shoes. They were very comfortable. They had a hole in it. Uh, she thought this would be the perfect thing to wear. So it says that Malik did not have any human servants, but she had seen them in other parts of fairyland. They were human midwives and to, to deliver babies uh, there were also artisans that had some, you know, skills that were needed there in the fairyland, maybe making things, sewing, uh, blacksmithing, whatever, you know, but some tempting skills, it says. And there were human wet nurses. And if you do not know what a wet nurse, it is a lady that comes in to breastfeed uh, another woman's baby who is either too busy or unable to do it. So there were human wet nurses to suckle fairy babies and human changelings that had been raised in the land of the Fae. So it says that Jude had tried to speak to many of them when they passed. You know, you see another human, you want to talk to them. You know, it's kind of like you would be in another country, you know, that are uh, not too many. If you were American and say you went to Japan and... You were surrounded by Japanese people, but you suddenly saw another American. You know, you felt this kind of desire to talk to them and find out more about them. So I guess that's how she felt in the fairy land. Says some of them would speak to her, but others would just completely ignore her. So most of the non-artisans had been glamoured to serve without any memories of doing so. So this kind of sounds like slave labour in a way. You know, they were being forced to do something that maybe they didn't want to do, but they were glamoured to do this or ensorcered to, to do this. So it says that 
probably many of them thought that they were in a hospital or at some rich person's house. And Manic had told her before that when they were returned home, so it, it looks like that they used them for a certain amount of time and then they returned them back home, uh, that they were paid well and they were given gifts such as good luck, shiny hair, or a knack for guessing the right lotto numbers. So nice gift there. Jude thought that there were some humans that had not made good bargains. So remember back before we said that usually the bargains between fairies and mortals uh, very rarely favored the mortals. So uh, probably some of the people were treated horribly, I imagine. Some were made to sleep on stone floors and glamoured to think that they were on feathered beds. Uh, some were fed garbage, glamoured to think they were delicacies. So yeah, some people were treated not, you know, not good here. Some of the mortals were treated bad. And she understood why a mortal would make a good spy. Because beyond the ability to lie, remember, Faye can't lie, but humans can. So that's one very helpful thing of to being a spy but they could also blend in as servants very easily and that's exactly what Jude was going to do today so she packed this leather bag and she put a knife in it and grabbed a cloak to put over her dress and she as she was walking out she ran into her sister Vivi now Vivi said you're up good let's go shoot things I've got some arrows <laughs> Jude said, maybe later, and she tried to move past her sister, but Vivi wasn't having that. She put her arm out to block Jude's way. Taryn told me what happened with the prince at the tournament, and Oriana told me how you came home last night. So I could pretty much guess the rest. Jude sighed, you know, and said, I don't need another lecture. So she was thinking, though, this mission from Dane was the only thing that ha that was probably keeping her from thinking about the events that had happened the day before and kept her from kind of going into this depressive mood. Uh, she, she was keeping her spirits up by knowing she's got this mission to do for Prince Dane, for the... For, for the court of shadows and it's kind of exciting her and putting her putting her in better spirits so it says jude didn't want to lose focus and she wanted to keep her mind on this mission now vivi said taryn felt awful and jude said yeah sometimes it sucks to be right so you know this kind of bitterness you know going on still between the two sisters so Vivi, you know, she suddenly grabbed Jude's arm and said, Stop it. You can talk to me, Jude. You can trust me. What's going on? And Jude said, Nothing. I just made a mistake. I got angry and I wanted to prove something. It was stupid. Vivi, you know, had replied to her and said, You know, the folk are going to keep trading you like crap. So then Jude said, you know, Vivi, there's, there's no way of me deciding uh, to mess up my life is any of your fault. I will make them regret crossing me. And Vivi, you know, suddenly said, wait, what do you mean? Jude said, I don't know yet. And she pulled away from Vivi and thought, you know, maybe I don't know how to be a good sister anymore. So she 
pushed past her sister and went outside. Vivi didn't try to stop her that time. And she arrived at the stables. She was she was glad to be away from Vivi and this third degree that she was getting from all of her family members. It says that ever since she had moved to Fairyland, she had been a, in a constant state of nervousness or rattled nerves and keeping down her panic. She wouldn't know how to live without it now. So this, this feeling that she has of being nervous all the time and keeping this panic down, uh, it's normal to her and she wouldn't know how to live any other way. But she had to impress Prince Dane. She couldn't let Cardin and her, his hooligans take that away from her. So Jude had decided to take a toad to Hollow Hall. Now, we remember the in the stables there were things to ride there. There were uh, silver-shod horses and there were toads. This sounds like a very uncomfortable ride. You know, you're making these big hops and being jarred. But anyway, she thought, you know, of course no servants have mounts of any kind, but riding a toad would be a little bit less, uh, or be in, inconspicuous more than a silver shot a horse would be. So she grabbed one of these toads and saddled it up and got on and <laughs> took off, you know, to Hollow Hall. It says when she arrived at Hollow Hall, it was a stone manor. Now, apparently, she's had to have seen this place before, but I guess it's just describing it in the book. Uh, it was a stone manor. It was covered in vines, and all of the hanging vines had given it a ominous look. And Jew tied up her toad and put her cloak in her bag, and she went around to the side of the, the manor, uh, looking for a servant's entrance. And she stopped to pick up some mushrooms on the way because she thought, you know, if I'm caught, this might be kind of less inconspicuous if I, to, you know, had mushrooms. And she could kind of blend in more saying, yeah, I was just collecting mushrooms for the dinner or for the lunch or whatever anyway. So it says her heart sped up as she found the servant's entrance and she thought that even if she got caught, Belkin would not harm her, and he would probably only return her to Matic. I guess she was trying to convince herself that nothing bad would happen, and to calm down, she could do this. So she entered into this hallway that led up to the kitchens, and she placed the mushrooms that she had collected onto the table. There was a troll there, it said, that was stirring this large pot and she saw two humans cutting vegetables. They looked underfed, and they were chopping without even looking with a glazed look on their faces. So, you know, apparently they've been glamored to do this job. They look underfed, so I guess in this Prince Belkin's manner that this is some of the rumors where some of the mortals are being mistreated, and it sounds like they are being mistreated here. So Jude moves down the hall, and she's stopped by this fairy guard, and this kind of scares her, of course, as it would, and this guard grabs her by the arm and says, I haven't seen you before. Now Jude looked at him, and she did this best impression, though, of a glazed look on her face, and she looks at the guard, and she goes, you're lovely. Now, the guard made a disgusted sound, and 
made you think of, you know, that she had maybe given a pretty good performance if he made this this look or made this sound, you know, this disgusted look on his face. And he asked her, he says, are you new? And Jude said, new? You know, questioningly. And Jude continued and said, I have to clean the great hall with polish until ev- every inch shines. And the guard said, well, I guess you best do it. And then he let her arm go. And Jude tried to control, you know, her shaking. I guess this, you know, I this probably startled her pretty much. You know, she thought she was going to get caught. So she was trying to control her shaking and she started to walk away. So after that guard, she had found it pretty easy to move around the manor without, you know, gathering much notice. It says there were dozens of humans walking around doing their chores, lost in dreams. Some sang to themselves while others talked to themselves out loud. Their eyes were shadowed from lack of sleep. Um, And there must have been a party last night because it says that there were fae lying around the castle in various uh, states of undress. So looks sounds like they've had this big party, you know, last night and a lot of hangovers or other, you know, things. These people are laying around uh, the manor. It says some were on couches couches and some were on floors and their mouth was stained with gold nevermore which was a glittering powder that stupefied fairies so it sounds like some kind of drug you know that they they took that stained their mouth gold now Jude talked to another servant and said excuse me but there was no response from this servant and Jude followed her and they went up this huge staircase now Jude's heart you know started to beat fast because she started getting nervous because she getting deeper into the manor and the servant girl had opened a door to a bedroom it says books were piled up on a desk and some she recognized they were the same books that she used in her lessons or actually no her and her sister Taryn had used and she looked around and found nothing treasonous you know she's here on this mission to find treason or something to shame somebody so she searched these shelves that were nearby and she found more books including a copy of alice's adventure in wonderland now this is a book that jude had held very close to her heart because her mother used to read this to her when she was young the human girl it says was kneeling in front of the fireplace and was sweeping out the ashes. And Jude just couldn't put this book back because it had given her so many good memories. So she decided to swipe it and she put it down her dress. Uh, She went to a wardrobe that was nearby and she opened it up. And it says suddenly she went into a panic. The clothes that were inside were the same ones that Prince Cardin wore. Oh no, is she in Prince Cardin's room? The servant girl had finished sweeping and had started to stack uh, this wood, you know, in a pyramid shape next to the fireplace. I guess easy to put in for whoever uh, this room was, if it was Prince Cardin's. But anyway, Jude had thought, you know, I mean, she had just assumed that Prince Cardin had lived in the castle with the High King, but it did make sense that he lived 
he, you know, or he might live with one of his brothers or sisters. So it sounds like this is Prince Cardin's room. I mean, his clothes are there. There are school books there. Yeah, not a good place to be in. So Jude thought, could this all be an elaborate hoax? You know, uh, could Prince Dane be in on a big ruse, you know, to get Jude? Maybe Cardin had convinced him to let's play this trick on her, uh, you know, but you know, she thought, you know, that was the first thing that popped into her mind. And then again, she thought, you know, there's no way that he would have given me this, this geese of non-enchantment, you know, all in the, in the hopes of a, a big hoax. So she thought, no, I, I just don't think, you know, this would be a big hoax that Prince Cardin is playing on her. Uh, in fact, you know, Dane was too busy to be involved in this petty squabble of hers and, Prince Cardin's. But anyway, she thought, you know, I, I best be on the lookout anyway. Uh, if Cardin met her in this manner, he would recognize her right away. Okay. So Jude walked into this other room and she was basically looking for Belkin's quarters because that's would be the prime place to find whatever she was looking for. She had to find out uh, what his secrets were, and then she had to get out of here. Now she looked around in some other rooms and didn't find uh, anything of interest. Some rooms were inhabited by people, and they kind of looked up when she walked in, but uh, when they saw who she was, I guess, you know, they thought she was a servant, and they just laid back down and went back to sleep. Another room was deserted and dusty, so she continued looking around, and she found this staircase that was leading up. Uh, it looked like to another level into some more rooms. Uh, it was a spiral staircase. So she took these stairs and she came up on this large circular room that was filled with books, uh, manuscripts, scrolls, daggers, glass vials filled with all these different colored liquids. And a huge table was in the middle of the room and there were uh, lots of these large maps of the lands, and they were weighted down by uh, these large chunks of metal and glass. Uh, she came to a correspondence that had said, uh, it spoke of this provenance of the blusher mushroom. So I guess provenance of the blusher mushroom is this type of mushroom. Uh, and the, the letter went on to say, you, you know what you must do with it but it must not be tied to me. After this, I consider my debt paid. Forget my name. This sounds like some scandalous information. Now, Jude isn't sure if this is what she's looking for or not. She can't obviously take the letter because they will notice that this letter is missing if she removes it. So she takes another piece of paper and she lays it on top and she starts to trace these characters. Now the characters appear as if they were written by a feminine hand, it says. A very neat, I guess, ornate writing, it would seem. So she starts tracing these letters, you know, as best as she can to try to preserve the writing style so another person might notice who wrote this. And when she was almost done, it says that she heard footsteps 
coming up the stairs. Oh no. Panic starts to set in, you know, and she crawls under this uh, large leather chair and tries to curl up in this ball, you know, and become as small as she can. Uh, she cussed herself for for putting the book down her uh, dress because it had poked her in the ribs, you know, as she tried to curl up into this ball to hide. She heard Belkin's voice next, and it said, I hope you have been practicing. And as she looked out and she saw Cardin. He was standing near a bookshelf, and a servant was standing near him uh, and had a court sword in his hand. Cardin said, Must we? And Belkin said, Show me what you have learned. And he picked up this wooden staff that he had by his desk. Uh, Cardin just kind of looked on, you know, it didn't really move, and Belkin told him, you know, Pick up your sword. Says, all you have to do is hit me once. Just get one hit in. Uh, it sounds like Belkin's patience was running a little bit thin with Cardin because when he told him, you know, pick up your sword, because Cardin was just standing there, you know, he, we could kind of get an understanding of what his attitude is. So it sounded like, yeah, Belkin's patience was getting thin with Cardin. So Cardin sighed. <sighs> and he picked up the sword from the servant. So he lifted the blade, and uh, Jude, Jude had noticed, you know, he had this terrible stance. She was a good fighter. She knew what the proper stance would be, uh, but, yeah, he didn't have it. So Jude could understand why Belkin was annoyed at him. Now, Belkin raised his staff, and he told Cardin, Attack! Cardin swung his sword uh, at Belkin, and Belkin brought his staff down, and, I mean, he smacked Cardin in the side of his head just really hard. And Jude had heard the crack, you know, of it hitting his skull. Now, Cardin had kind of staggered back, you know, and his ear had turned a bright red. And Cardin, you know, getting angry as he does, he's got a bad temper. He says, this is ridiculous. And why must we do this? Is it that you so much enjoy doing it? Is that why we do this, you know? Do you enjoy hurting me or whatever, you know, is what he's implying. And Belkin had said, you know, swordplay isn't a game. And Belkin had swung his staff again. Cardin tried to dodge, but he just didn't move out of the way in time. And uh, Belkin's staff had caught him on his thigh. And Cardin had said something else condescending, and Belkin's face suddenly turned angry. He jabbed Cardin in the stomach with the end of the staff, and Cardin had went down to the floor. Belkin, you know, he, he looks down on Cardin. He says, I've tried to improve you, but you insist on wasting your time with drinking on rivalries and pathetic romances. So Belkin is pissed with Cardin, you know. Cardin got to his feet again, and he, I guess, anger overtaking him and rushed his brother, swinging the sword wildly and, Belkin had disarmed him, and Cardin's sword, you know, goes flying across the room. Now, since the sword had landed near Jude, and she thought, oh, no, this is not good. You know, if Cardin comes over here to retrieve his sword, he's going to see me. But luckily, the servant had been the one that picked up the sword, and he hadn't even looked under the chair at all. So next, Belkin strikes Cardin across his back, uh, the back of his legs, you know, sending him 
to the ground again. But Jude was delighted, you know, in seeing this. This made her happy, you know. In fact, she even wished that she was Belkin so she could be the one that was dishing out this punishment to him. So Belkin next said, don't bother to rise. And he took off his belt and hands his belt to the servant. He said, you have failed the test again. So Belkin, you know, he you can imagine he's got his arms crossed and he's walking around Cardin. He looks down and he, he says, you know, when will you stop being a disappointment? So Cardin, you know, he's got to say something back and he looks up and spits back, you know, at his brother. When will you pretend that uh, you hurt me for uh, my own good and not as uh, not for your own pleasure? So if you want to hurt me, you know, stop, stop uh, doing it in the, the guise of training me and just do it already. So Belkin talks back, you know, says back to Cardin, he says, you know, he said, father was old when he made you. His seed was weak and you are weak. So Belkin holds Cardin down by his neck. You know, he's like pushing him, forcing him down. And he says, now take off your shirt and receive your punishment. So Cardin removed his shirt and Jude had noticed, you know, there were, there were lots of scars on his back. And Jude, you know, suddenly had this uh, kind of sympathy for him a little bit, you know. Uh, you know, could his life possibly be even worse than hers? You know, maybe so. And she thought that she should be enjoying this, you know, as much trouble as he has caused her in the past. But watching him, you know, watching Cardin's face, she saw fear in his face. Belkin nodded to this servant and this servant, you know, hit Cardin on the back, across the back with this leather belt. And Belkin said, you know, I don't order this because I'm angry with you, brother. I do it because I love you and I love our family. So before the servant could hit Cardin uh, a third time, he lunged for his sword. Now Jude thought, you know, he was going to run, but he suddenly turned on the servant. You know, Cardin grabbed the sword and turned on the servant. And the servant didn't cry out or, you know, put his hands up or do anything, but he just basically stood there. And Jude thought maybe he had this glamour on him, you know. That's why he didn't make any move. Uh, Belkin said, you know, go ahead, kill him now. Show me you don't mind making a mess or that you even know how to make a killing blow. And Cardin looked at him and said, I'm no murderer. Now, Belkin, you know, when he said that, he rushed to Cardin's side and he took the sword away from his hand and knocked him to the ground again. And he said, take your punishment, you pathetic creature. So after that, the servant continued to whip Cardin. Jude was shocked by all of this, you know, and as Cardin was getting beat, she looked at him and she could only see this, you know, this empty expression in his eyes. Uh, there was no, no emotion at all. And as he was being beat, Jude thought, you know, this is where uh, Cardin has learned his cruelty from his brother Belkin. So she thought, if Cardin is horrible now, she could imagine what he would be like in the future.
And that ended our chapter, guys. Kind of a dark chapter. You know, you, you feel a little bit sorry for Cardin in a way. Or do we? Let me know in the comments below. Do you feel sorry for Cardin? <laughs> so thanks so much for joining me, guys. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we are the Book Militia on YouTube. If you have not subscribed yet, please do so. Also, you can hit the little bell icon, which will give you a notification of when I upload new videos. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining me. You guys could spend your time anywhere else, but you chose to spend it with me, and I highly appreciate that. And with that, we will see you in the next video. Take care, guys.